morning, everybody. Welcome to the Nightcast. It's Isaac Signs with you on another episode on this Monday. And joining the podcast today is Brother William Dooling. So, Brother William, it's a pleasure to be sitting down with you to discuss your upbringing here with Holy Cross and everything that you've done. First things first, how are you doing today? I am doing fine. At my age, I can say that because I woke up this morning. Mm-hmm. That makes it a good day. Hey, that's right. I like it. I like it. So a lot of people that have been listening into these podcasts, they're enjoying the different content. And now we get you, Brother William, on. And so why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Well, I was born in Denver, Colorado, raised in California. Um, uh, My family in 1948 drove in a car to California and... uh, it was in the summer, and we never came home. So it was one of those, I guess I've always been a traveling-type person. I always enjoyed going places. So I graduated from St. Francis High School in uh, La Cañada, California, near Pasadena, and then joined the Brothers of Holy Cross. And uh, I was only 17 when I finished high school, so I graduated. Uh, I was a year early in school, and... Um, the uh, I just had this desire to help other people, and uh, I kind of had this desire at when I was seventeen to go be a missionary, like in some foreign country. And uh, so I guess the closest I ever got to that was to come from California to Texas, and uh, that happened in nineteen sixty six, and I was sent here to teach Spanish. Uh, I am bilingual, and um, and so I came down here, but I came with quite a chip on my shoulder because I was leaving California where I had grown up. Our school there was six blocks from the Pacific Ocean. I mean, you know, it was a very nice place to be, and my family was there. And all of a sudden, I was just ordered to pack my bags and go to San Antonio, Texas, which I thought was the end of the world. Uh, However, that feeling only lasted a few months because uh, once I got here and the experience, the the warmth of the students, the um, culture of Mexican culture and Texas, um, I just fell in love with being here. And I've actually been here ever since other than some uh, small times away doing other things. So, and that's how I came to join the brothers. And I was sent to Texas then uh, to teach Spanish. And I did, which was a challenge teaching Spanish to Spanish speaking students. And, and there were no real books for that at that time. So I had to kind of create some stuff and, and do different things. And then eventually, like all things, you get promoted up up the line, and uh, I was the vice principal and director of studies at that time in in 1976 when the ski trip began. And it was interesting because the senior class president, uh, now Dr. David Molina, uh, David came in uh, with his um, vice president, uh, Agapito Barajas, and they're saying, gee, we just, we're having trouble getting organized. And by now it was already like October, November of their senior year. Well, 
if you, if you haven't been already organizing it, it's already too late. And uh, so they asked for suggestions, and I thought, you know, being a mountain person and growing up in California, and I skied all my life, and I said, what would you think about a ski trip? And they thought, oh, okay, how do we do that? Well, after keep in mind, this was before cell phones or internet, mm-hmm. and it's just not the easiest thing to do, and... I said, well, we'll just call the Chamber of Commerce in New Mexico and see what we can find out. So we did, and um, it, it, it became, um, and then after that, after the first trip, it just became the principal at that time, Brother William Nick, he agreed with me that this was going to be the only option. If you, if you want to have a senior class trip, then it's a skiing trip, and if you don't want it, then there's no trip. And part of that was because we originally went to um, Red River, New Mexico, which is uh, in northern New Mexico, but a little bit east of uh, Taos. And the town, it's 40 miles in either direction to another town. And there's only one road in and one road out, and it's down in the valley. So the possibilities for any shenanigans were greatly reduced. And over the years, Father Helsher, who always went along, another former principal of Holy Cross, uh, he was always the senior class moderator. He became great friends with the uh, local sheriff. And so over the years, the sheriff would sometimes roll up with his Jeep and say, uh, Father, I think this one belongs to you. (laughs) (laughs) So we really never had any trouble It's a wonderful experience, and I like to tell uh, uh, kind of the the, the spiritual dimension of it, of kids being taken out of their their, their known environment, their experiential environment, and going to a place where the experience is totally different. And I remember several students coming up to me, uh, standing outside, and they say, Brother... It's so quiet. And we were standing outside, and the snow is falling. And, you know, snow, when it's falling, is silent. And it's just, it's just awesome. And these kids have never seen anything like this or been in such a, a majestic environment. And, um, and then with the senior class course in those days, it was all boys and great bonding experience of uh, this was their last time together as a class, and then we had a mass uh, the, the last uh, evening of the trip before returning home. And uh, so it was just a, a great experience all the way around. And for many of them, I used to think at the time, it was a once-in-a-lifetime type experience. However, I've come to find out from others that many of their classmates have continued these trips as adults, saying, no, remember our senior class trip. Now, I don't know, over the years, there's been other types of senior class trips that this, it wasn't always, after me, it wasn't always the um, uh, skiing trip. They've done other things. But I think ultimately the school administration came back to, no, this is a type of experience This is just like the the cap on a successful high school career. And uh, 
and a beautiful experience. And so that's why we did it. And I'm glad to see that it's still going. And of course, I guess I did say that the original trip was in 1977. And then y'all are going again on Thursday, huh, for the yes. new, new trip. Yes, I've, the school has invited me graciously to accompany them uh, with this trip. And, uh, and so, yes, we're going, but they now go up to Colorado to uh, Crested Butte near Gunnison, Colorado. So it's um, a little better snow the further north you go, but uh, still in all, it's just the... Uh, there's just more to the trip than than skiing. It's 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 a whole spiritual, cultural, and um, uplifting experience in an environment that's just you can't duplicate anywhere else except by going there. That's awesome. And being a Holy Cross brother and being a part of that culture and the the faith journey. And now you're here on a walking campus and now you're doing a podcast and you're getting ready to go on that trip as you just talked about. What does it mean to you to be a Holy Cross brother and why is it so special to your heart? Well, as I said, I originally just wanted to help people. Uh, my original idea was to go be a missionary. And at that time in the jurisdiction that I live in, 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 in Texas, our mission territory was in Brazil. I even uh, learned Portuguese in college. And that was, I just wanted to go like help people build homes, dig wells, you know, that sort of thing. Very manual. I, I really didn't want to go to college or I just wanted to be a, a, a simple missionary. But of course, God has different plans. And situations came around and we'll have another podcast about that but I eventually became a lawyer after I left education after 25 years and I always tell people well if you've taught uh, sophomores in high school for 25 years that that's a whole career unto itself so I said that's enough of that and um, and I did go to law school and I've practiced law now for 35 years and um still keep my license, uh, but I'm not looking for any clients. But I do occasionally do things. And, uh, and then Renee also asked me to, to mention about we have established, and it wasn't my choice, it was my family's choice for the name, but it's called the Brother William Dooling uh, Endowed Scholarship, which is something new. Uh, in the pa- in the past, there was never um, there were never endowed funds that just uh, funds came in and went out as 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 were needed. But I spoke my brother, my family wanted to do something for my uh, 80th birthday, and so that's what they did, and uh, it was established. It's a fairly substantial uh, endowment for starters. And uh, it's all managed through the Frost Wealth Management uh, here in San Antonio. And the school would be happy to tell any grads out there or anybody interested in helping Holy Cross how to contribute to the endowed scholarship. Uh, The idea being that the school has always stood for the proposition that even though parents and students have to pay, not everybody can, and so there, there's a need for financial assistance. And what is that scholarship? I know you said it wasn't your decision, right? But it was something that they wanted to do for you and your honor based on the work you've done here at Holy Cross. 
How can someone go donate to honor your legacy? Simply contact the school principal, Dr. Escobedo. If you contact the school, they're able to give you a link directly. And uh, things such as uh, stocks, uh, securities, different types of things, as well as just straight cash can be, can be donated. But, but the thing to emphasize is this is an endowed scholarship, which has uh, a 5% spend rate. Uh, on an annual basis, uh, assuming that the scholarship will do better than 5%. So uh, the funds will never deplete, they will only grow, and uh, yet every year there will be a 5% of the total available for scholarships. Dr. Escobedo, who you mentioned, now the principal here at Holy Cross, what can you say about him and the work that he's doing here for these students? Well, I'm not involved on a day-to-day basis at the school. Uh, he's really been a very stabilizing influence as near as I can see and is doing a lot of different things. Um, of course, technology is big issue today in the school. Uh, I remember them saying during the COVID uh, pandemic that switching to the online was seamless because they already had all that's what they were doing already anyway. So... Uh, it was just uh, very easy to do. And uh, the most significant thing he's done is keeping the school open and running and very trying, uh, you know, especially they lost a lot of students during the pandemic. And of course, costs are just always rising and uh, it, it's just very, very difficult. But uh, uh, the enrollment is up this year and it looks like it will continue uh, and that will reverse the trend of some pandemic-related uh, losses. So uh, the future looks bright, and one of the exciting things he's done is arranged for what's now called the... Um, there's another Holy Cross school in New Orleans, Louisiana, which goes back to 1860 sometime. And uh, so this year they inaugurated the first uh, Holy Cross classic and the school from New Orleans, uh, also called the uh, uh, Knights, came over from New Orleans mm-hmm. to play a football game here in September. Mm-hmm. And next year, we will go to New Orleans to play, them, and it'll be a back-and-forth classic every mm-hmm. year. And so that's, that's a, a good thing. And um, the, the greatest way to say what anybody does at this school, it's, it's not any thing you can put your finger on, but just walk through the hallways and it's obvious. Uh, Students are kind, respectful, cheerful. Uh, uh, I was just amazed coming over that they've got a bin for students that now come with big duffel bags and different things because they're in sports or they're this or that. And the lockers were built back in the day when you only had like five books. (laughs) Right. And, but this is just an open bin. And I was just I shouldn't have been amazed, but I was. That you you mean they can just leave their stuff in an open hallway? And, and he said, well, of course. This is Holy Cross. Wow. Yeah, that's special. And uh, to close out this uh, interview, Brother William Dooling, of course, those of you who are tuning in, joining the podcast today, there's a lot of prospective students and families that could come across the podcast who are mulling the decision to perhaps come to the Holy Cross School here in San Antonio. And so 
you already talked a lot about the history and your background and how you've had ties to being a Holy Cross brother, but what do you have to say to interested students and families about enrolling here at Holy Cross? The only thing I can say, and I'll say it in Spanish and English, and it's that Holy Cross is family, uh, es familia. And this started back in the earliest years, this near as in the mid-60s, when we started using that term, that referring to the Holy Cross family, well, that's a catchy phrase, and a lot of people say it, and you see it in advertising all over the place, you know, todos somos familia. But the truth of the matter is that Holy Cross, many of the faculty members are graduates themselves. The current principal is. Many former faculty members have been. And uh, the relationships go back. You run in, I run into people all the time and they'll say, uh, oh, well, you know, my brother's kid, you know, my nephew went there and blah, blah. And so there's a connection uh, down through the generations. I remember when the first son of a graduate enrolled way, way back. And of course, now then there's grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and it's, it's a, and it truly is a family. When, 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 when you work in this environment, um, it, it's more than just a student-teacher relationship or, oh, geez, well, I got to go to school. We've always had the problem here of telling the students they have to go home, like, okay, <laughs> we're done, you have to leave now because it is a, a happy, welcoming environment. And uh, I would think if anybody wanted that kind of environment for their child, that that's, what, and, and it's small. I mean, I have to say, and, and, but there's a benefit in smallness because everybody knows everybody. And there are great counselors and people who can assist with the problems and and, and people aren't numbers or get lost in the crowd. So that, that would be my, uh, my spin on that. And it's always been, and I think it always will. And of course, it's a faith-based Catholic school, so that's, there's, uh, that's the biggest issue, uh, reason for coming. But there's so many more, and it's, uh, it's, it's a family-based organization. Well, there's Brother William Dolan giving his little recruiting pitch for Holy Cross of San Antonio. And again, it's a pleasure sitting down with you this morning, Brother William, and learning a little bit about your story. This is just the tip of the iceberg I hear. There's so much more to be heard, and perhaps we'll have you on some later podcasts, and we'll touch on various other topics. But again, I appreciate you taking time this morning to join the Nightcast. Well, and I thank you for doing it. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. And you know what? You hit it right on the nail when you said this is a family-oriented place. It is indeed because walking through the hallways, everybody I've interviewed on the podcast, it has certainly given me that vibe and it is such an infectious environment here where you can tell everybody does know each other. And so you definitely embody that, Brother William, and thank you for that. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks again for tuning in this week. We'll be back in a couple of weeks on the Nightcast. Until then, have a blessed rest of the week.